finally hear the words that we were the main event, it was uh, so overwhelming. Like, I'm, it's bringing me back tears. <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy just because that was, it's the biggest thing that you can ever do in wrestling. Welcome to the Just Women Sports Podcast, where we talk to the biggest athletes in the world about the untold stories behind their success. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and my guest today is WWE superstar Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is a groundbreaking pioneer in the world of professional wrestling. A former NXT Women's Champion, Sasha is a multi-time Raw Women's Champion and one half of the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. In 2016, she and Charlotte Flair became the first women to ever headline a WWE pay-per-view event. And at WrestleMania 37 in 2021, Sasha and Bianca Belair became the first African-American women to headline WrestleMania. Sasha Banks, welcome to the show. Thank you for that introduction. Thanks for having me. I know. What an incredible uh, resume. It's like a little memory lane. Yeah, right? Yeah, thank you. It's, it, it helps me because sometimes I forget. People are like, um, what's your resume? I don't know. I've done so much. It's crazy. <laughs> you have done so much. And before we get into it, I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm a total novice when it comes to WWE and professional wrestling. But in preparing for this, I got super pumped because one, you're just an absolute boss and have done so many groundbreaking things within this space. And also the amount of dedication and and sacrifice it takes to become the best of the best in the wrestling world is just so impressive. So I'm really excited to talk to you today and just like hear your story. Um, so before we get to to you becoming Sasha Banks, your real name is Mercedes. You grew up in California, um, but you moved around a lot as a kid. So let's talk about your childhood. Like what, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I was born in Fairfield, California, which is the Bay Area of California, kind of right in the middle of San Francisco and Sacramento. Uh, I lived there till I was nine, and then my mom just picked up and moved us to Iowa, where she was originally from. So I went from no way going and seeing the city to living on a farm and just being like, oh, wow, wow, what is this? It was a crazy, yeah. just a, a lifestyle and a different change. And um, in that really, really small town of Belle, Belle Plaine, it was. Um, I was the only legit, like, colored girl in that whole town. So it was... Um, difficult for me growing up and just changing not just like my school my whole environment my whole state so after living in Iowa we moved to Oregon we went back to California then we went to Minnesota then we finally ended up in Boston um, and that's why I call Boston home because um, that's where mm. I really found myself um, I remember being 13 years old and living in Minnesota and emailing so many pro wrestling schools because I was so obsessed with the WWE since I was 10 years old. And that was like, my only dream was to be a WWE superstar. And ever since I was 12 and 13, I just messaged all these wrestling schools all over the world. And all the response back were, you're not old enough. You can't, like, we can't do that. I'm sorry. But I remember one school was in Boston. Um, so okay. when we moved there, I was just like, wow, this is the school I'm supposed to train at. It's, it's supposed to be it. And um, everything just kind of happened in Boston. And, you know, I do put the boss and boss time you know so just it just works <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that so okay you were 13 when you started reaching out to wrestling camps and you the first time you saw wrestling was on tv as a 10 year old yes I mean I would actually have to say I was a little bit younger I remember watching okay. um just seeing it with my birth dad when I was really really young but being really really confused so like in California like AAA was on which is a lucha company so i saw all these wrestlers in like lucha libre masks 
But in my mind, uh, I thought okay. it was like kind of like Power Rangers. So I didn't really understand what I was watching until da 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 da. Nine years later, here I am in my room and there was nothing on television. We had no cable. So I'm just scrolling through the channels and just clicking away, clicking away, clicking away. And then I see WWE and I go, what the, this is, this is different. This is interesting. It's a little violent. It's like, interesting. I'm like, is my yeah. mom going to let me? I hope she doesn't come in. Um, instantly I was just hooked. My eyes were glued on the TV and I'm just like, what is this? It's, it's acting, it's drama, it's it's sports, it's it's theater, it's it's everything. People are bad guys and people are booing them and fans are yelling at them and they're holding up signs. It's it's so much energy. I'm so like yeah. entranced. And next thing you know, my mom walks in the room and she goes, what are you watching? Turn that off, go to bed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, mom, turned it off, walked across to my brother's room and turned it back on and turned back finished on. watching it. And ever since then, I had to watch it every single week. I had to go to the library after school just to learn everything I could about wrestling. I had to skip out, you know, hang out with friends at night and play like night tag games because I wanted to go and watch wrestling. I was so just obsessed. I was just like, this is everything. This is my life. And I, I know when I grow up, this is everything that I want to be. I find that so incredible that at that young of an age and also an instant reaction to it. Instant. That's so. It was just hooked like a fish. I was like, dang, they got me good. <laughs> They got me so like this good. Was your, this was your calling. And you and it, it seems like it was kind of a chance, uh, a coincidence that you came across it. Absolutely. I definitely think the universe put this in my light, in my source, just to be like, you know what, Mercedes? Um, I know you're searching for, for your dream, your passion, but I'm going to tell you right now what you're going to be this and what it. you're going to be chasing and what you're going to be dreaming every single night, daydreaming nonstop going to sleep, thinking about it, writing about it. Like there was just so much that I just instantly was like, how can I start today? <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. I, I love that. I think that's so cool. And I feel like that's very unique for most people. Like it's not necessarily an instantaneous reaction or knowing, oh, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. And also just the fact, again, that it was in the moment, you knew, you didn't know much about it. You were just like, what is this? I'm hooked. Um, before you got hooked on before you saw wrestling had you been playing other sports was there like any other part of you that was like going out competing that sort of thing I did track and field when I was in elementary okay and I was the fastest girl in Iowa yes, yeah was. you were yes I was look it up somewhere <laughs> in the newspaper I was um Bell, Bell so Plains, I was really Bell Plains. <laughs> Iowa City okay at that point <laughs> Um, and I, I dabbled in baseball and basketball, played tennis, and I sucked at it. Um, I tried a little bit of everything in sports, but uh, once I saw wrestling, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. But I loved track and field. I loved running. Yeah, I mean, that's what I find really cool about wrestling is like, you guys are athletes. Like, you are super athletic, so you, you must have that base, right? But like, you take that and then you put it with your passion and you get... Sasha Banks, which so you get everything. You yeah, get this exactly. competitor, like this competitiveness because in the ring, it, it's, it's real. Like I yeah. legit want to win. When I look across that ring against my opponent, I want her to know that I'm the best. So not only is it physical that I have to look in decent shape year round, yeah. like mentally it's, it's physically, it's, it's beauty, it's hair. It's, it's a whole performance that we have to go out there and show not just ourselves, but like the whole entire world that we're more than just super athletes were entertainers, you know? For sure. Were there any 
women wrestlers when you first got into the sport that you were like, oh, I want to be like that? I would have to say it wasn't really the women that got me hooked. It was okay, cool. Eddie Guerrero was the, the man that I was just like, wow, I want to be just like him. Okay. But there was women like Trish Stratus, Jacqueline, Jazz, Molly Holly, Victoria. They were all amazing, incredible women, but they weren't doing it like the men because they weren't given that same opportunity as the men. Yeah. So when they were coming out there, their segments were one minute, two minutes either bikini matches and, and just something that I couldn't sit there and watch with my mom and tell her like, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do because she was be like, that's what you want to like. No, that's not what I want to do. I want to be like Eddie Guerrero. What do you not understand? I want to change the perception of what it is to be a woman in the WWE. Like I want to be more. And those women were more, they were everything. But at that time and just that era, the sex appeal was just what, what was what it was, you know? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And it's cool as a kid without even seeing, like seeing the female in a, in that role, you were like, no, that's not the role I want to play. I want to, I want to be what the guys are. I want to be headlining. I want to be. I've always wanted to be like the guys. I always wanted to wrestle, tussle and, and just you know, like you didn't have to put a gender to something to know that you're number one. Totally. You know, I didn't want no pity trophy. I want the biggest trophy. I want that 10 grand, you know? Yeah. And that's what people need to realize. Whether you're a female or a male, you just need to come into the game knowing that you're the best. Absolutely agree. So you you see wrestling on TV, you sneak around, you go to the library, you catch it however you can. You're yeah. getting your fix. You're learning about it. And then you said that you emailed wrestling camps at 13. At 13. So I emailed some- What does that mean? Like, who, who are you emailing? <laughs> so I, I'm emailing, I'm, I'm doing my research okay. because I'm like, how do you become a WWE yeah. superstar? And thank God for the internet and Google. And I found out that there are wrestling schools and there's more than just WWE. There's independence, there's Japan, there's Mexico. And I was just like, so amazed that there was just more than what I saw on television. Mm -hmm. This is a whole, a whole thing. It's not just that like in Japan, they treat it like a, a sport in Mexico. That's a whole different style. People go to Germany and train a different style. Like it was just a whole, um, just a whole thing that I was just like, oh my gosh, there's just so much more to it. I have to, to learn it all. So I would message schools in, in Canada and in Mexico and the UK and Boston and Minnesota. And they would all say, no, you have to be 16. You have to be 18. Okay. And um, <laughs> I remember watching this DVD of RVD, who's a professional wrestler in WWE, but he also had an MMA background. So I was like, maybe that'll help me get ready to become a WWE superstar. So at 13, I found an MMA school. I called it up and I was like, hey, I really want to be a wrestler. But I, I saw this DVD and I, I thought maybe I'll try MMA. He's like, okay, come on on Thursday. My mom came back from work and I go, hey, mom, I'm going to start MMA on Thursday. Is that okay? Can you drive me? Uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. You know, so I was always doing something to get myself prepared for what I wanted to be in the future. That's incredible. So how did you, did you like MMA? I did like MMA, but the only thing that I didn't like was legit getting hit in the face. <laughs> I was sense. so terrified <laughs> of getting like cauliflower ear. I just, I didn't want to lose the beauty, the moneymaker of what the appeal to WWE was. So I was always so terrified of just like busting my face or breaking my nose. But with MMA, they really do teach you the basics of how to protect myself, how to fall, how to roll, how to even lock up. So it helped me so much right when I first even got into the WWE or even in wrestling to even show me how to be just a strong person and protect, like protect myself as a woman. Yeah. It makes sense. You like learned the, the initial technical game of wrestling or like yes. techniques of wrestling. Uh, of just protecting yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
Absolutely. Makes sense. So you said you, when you got to Boston, you end up at a school that has, that you get to train. Is this the MMA school or is this? This is finally, well, I did go to MMA school, but this is finally the be all and all wrestling school of my dream. Okay. Um, so I looked at this school in Boston called Chaotic Wrestling. Okay. And I saw that they were going to have a fantasy camp going on which um, is for new people who wanted to try to be a wrestler to get like a first day experience, you know, run the ropes, do some roles, cut some promos. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have two months to prepare. I'm skinny mini. I'm like 98 pounds. Here I am in my room just doing squats, push-ups, um, trying to eating all I can to be like, you know, I have to, I have to be strong. So I, I also thought I was going to be the only girl there. And little did I know, walking to that door, I was the only girl there. So I really told myself, you know, I just, I want to come in here and be the best because the person who impressed the coach the most would get three months free training. And I was so poor growing up. So I needed that so bad. So I went in there with such fire and determination and I walked out of that camp winning and never had it to pay for training ever. That's incredible. And so you were wrestling the boys or you had to go against the boys. I was You're training the with there. the boys. That's amazing. I had to do everything with the boys, which I think really helped me with my foundation and just my toughness because, you know, they treated me just like them. I had to do body slam just like them. I had to take a clothesline just like them. Um, I had to take a backdrop just like them. I bled, I, I sweat just like them, you know? But I wanted it. I wanted to show them that I can do it. Love it. That's so cool. So what was your first so that so chaotic wrestling that that tryout was basically your first real intro into the sport? Yes. What was it like? I mean, kind of touched on it, but going in and being in the ring and being like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm doing this. Like this is live. I remember just sitting in the car with my mom and just crying and just thinking, you know what, this is this is my everything. This is everything that I ever dreamt of since I was 10. And at this time I was 18. So I was telling my mom, like, this is, this is it. I have to do it. Like I'm going away. Like this is like, I'm going to die or something, but you know, it's just so dramatic. Like, Mom, I'm going to make it. I have to do it. And we just kind of cried together because she knew how much that meant to me and how much I wanted to be a wrestler. And I wiped my tears. I walked through those doors and I was just like, huh, all right. Not what I expected, but I think I got it. I think, I think I can prove to them that I really want to be here and that I can win, you know, those training sessions. At what point was your mom, did your mom come around to the idea of you wanting to be a professional wrestler? <laughs> because, you know, the, the initial reaction was like, get that off television. And then yes, she's the it, one taking it took you a while to chaotic to wrestling. all my shows. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so thankful for my mom because she took me to all my training practices. She would take me to my shows and, you know, watch my brother. And I, I'm just so thankful because, when I first started watching it, she hated it. And it was like pulling teeth because I was so afraid that she was going to take something that I fell in love with mm. so quickly. It was not like any type of love. It was just like this instant fire connection, this do or die. Just this is what I have to be. And it wasn't until I really was like 14 and I've been watching it for four years. She's like, man, you really want to do this? And I'm like, yes, I really want to do this. And she just supported me all the way. She would always get me, you know, my action figures, my, my WDB magazine. She would take me to any wrestling and indie shows that we could afford. And, you know, she just really believed in me. And when I finally got signed, it was just, it was just pure happiness because it was just like, wow, my daughter really proved that she did her dream. Yeah. That's, that's so special. I'm like kind of tearing up over here. Cause I just think that's, <laughs> um, so you go in, you prove yourself, you win these, this three months 
of free training from chaotic yeah and from there do you get signed by chaotic is that how it works or you became part of chaotic and then you were wrestling for them mm -hmm. so i became part of chaotic okay um and they had their own like indie company out there and when i was first training you had to be like the bodyguard at the show so here i am again like 99 pounds wearing a gray t-shirt being a bodyguard for all these wrestlers to make sure you know, all these fans don't touch them. <laughs> but that was just a good time to sit back and watch the show and just really observe, you know, how does everything work? Because it's there's so many little things that people don't know about what we do in that ring. It, it's, it's just so crazy. It's so magical. So I probably did that for a good six months before I had finally my first match ever. Um, and I remember having my first match and just crying my eyes out because I thought I sucked. I was like, oh my God, I was so bad. I can't believe it. But I did that probably for my first two years in, in wrestling. I, I thought every match I had was just the absolute awful. I just, I was like, oh my God, I just can't believe I'm awful. Why did you think you were bad? I don't know. I just, I always just wanted to be the best. And if I didn't feel like I got a reaction off mm. of something, or if I didn't feel like um, if I did something good, I just, I would eat myself up because I just wanted to prove to the guys every single night, like women can wrestle and women can do this and women can do that. Just because back then women weren't given the chance that we see now here, I got to make an event WrestleMania, but it took this long journey for even that to happen, you know? So back then in 2010, when I was in the Indies, it's like, Still back then, the men didn't really respect the women. So I had to only prove to them, the fans, but I also wanted to prove to myself that I can belong here. And so I always just came back like hating myself because I just wanted to be number one and, and to have the respect of everybody. Yeah, I feel like that's a very common plot line or theme in women's sports is that we always, we feel like we have to over deliver. We have to be the best of the best at all times to prove that we are who we are. Like we belong, yeah, we belong, right? Exactly. So it's interesting to hear you say that. And it makes perfect sense, especially in the world of wrestling. Like you felt like you had to be perfect all the time, even in your beginning years. All the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. All the time. It makes sense. So just a year after joining Chaotic Wrestling, you win the Women's Championship. Did you... With Chaotic. <laughs> well, yeah, with Chaotic. So like, did you... You even said you were crying for two years after every match, but you go on and, you know, that's a pretty quick ascent in it is. within that group. So um, what was that? Like, how did that feel? It's crazy. It's crazy to look back at it now from where I am right now. But back then, when I was 18, I was um, I was just like so honored because I remember when I was like, 13 and begging my mom for a replica of the WWE Women's Championship. And like, you know how much that you do you know how much that costs? I don't. It's like real gold. It costs so much money. <laughs> we had to like work so hard just to get myself that replica. And for this company to believe in me after only a year of training and just being so new, they created this women's championship because there was finally women in the company that can represent something. They didn't have that title before. I yeah. came in. Wow. So, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they they made that because finally a woman was training at that facility. Finally, they wanted to book other women to get myself matches. So they created pretty much that title and wanted to make a women's division. And um it's it's crazy to think about it. And I'm so thankful I can even remember that. But um I was so honored because I was like, not only am I creating something and making something happen, I'm giving women opportunity to show their skills at one of the top companies in New England. So yeah. it was, it was crazy. You went in and you 
created a path that wasn't even there before. It's I thank you for making me remember. <laughs> like this is crazy. That is pretty. Crazy. You should be proud of. I mean, wow. yeah, like I said, this is a trip down memory lane for you. So you and you should be proud of that. I didn't even realize that in preparing that that is how that came about. Like chaotic didn't even have a women's yeah. championship, and you coming in yeah. and being the wrestler that you were, they created that because of you. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That is crazy. Oh my God. So, and, and like you said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, and you just said you're, you're 18 at the time. Yes. So what does your life look like as an 18 year old while, while also being a professional wrestler? Like, what is that? Uh, uh, pretty uh, weird and different. So, um, since the age of 14, I started going to online schooling. Um, and then I dropped out of school when I was in eighth grade to take care of my brother fully and to get a side job to help my mom. So I was at 18, uh, working at a shoe store, working at a hotel, and um, just taking care of my brother and, and going to training at nighttime. So it was just a this daily routine of just like, okay, gotta wow. gotta just keep on working, just gotta keep on hustling, and just gotta keep on working my butt off so I can get to the WWE one day or get to Japan or get to Mexico because, you know, I was so stuck and always thinking that my whole life was just gonna be taking care of my brother and never living um, the dream that I always sought for myself. Yeah, so you were full-on grinding it out. I was grinding nonstop. So you create this new path. You go and you're groundbreaking with Chaotic. You win a women's championship. You're just grinding it out. You're trying to make it because that is like, that is what, I mean, this is your calling in life. And you end up with a tryout for WWE in 2012. So how did that come about and what did that entail? <laughs> that came about from WWE coming into Boston. So whenever WWE had a show, um, they would ask for extras that, you know, were okay. local. So I would ask and email them. I'm like, oh, if you need any locals, here I am. So I'd always go to shows and um, they would give us like many tryouts and like many five minute matches. And, you know, I would talk to William Regal. who was like one of our scouters at the time. And he would just keep on giving me advice. So every time he saw me, I improved and I wanted to get better. And I finally got a phone call that they wanted to send me down to Tampa for a week long tryout. And um, I just couldn't believe it. Cause I was just, that was my two years into wrestling already. And here I am getting the biggest trial of my dreams. And, um, you know, when I flew down to Florida, to Tampa, I really told myself I can't leave here unless I get signed. And um, it was, I can't say it was a, a hard, hard trial. Really? I was about to say, were you like, I mean. <laughs> I can't say it was that hard, like in the ring stuff. Um, what really scared me was always talking and, and promos and looking like, mm. you know, a diva at the time. I had no idea how to wear a dress. I didn't know how to wear heels. I didn't know how to do my eyebrows, put eyelashes on or do my makeup. And that's such an integral part of like becoming who you. That world. Yeah. Yeah. So I was always just so shy of just that sense. But in the ring stuff, I was like, I, I, I know I got this in the bag. I've been studying this since I was 10. It's not just, you know, picking up in the ring when I was 18. It's like the mental game nonstop. Like I've been watching tapes every single day since I was 10 years old. Do you know how many hours that is? That's so incredible. I don't, but I'm sure it's a lot of hours. It has to equal up to years. So, you know, I really prepared myself, you know, before I even knew I needed it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's interesting that you go have technically the biggest and most important tryout of your career. It's going to basically determine yeah, your life. And looking back, you're like, it wasn't actually that hard because I had been, you had been preparing since you were a child for this since I was a child and 
you know, there was past guys that used to be in the WWE that I used to train with. And I just asked him, I'm like, what's the tryout like? What do I need to do? Come up. Like he would just grill me like, here, this is what they're going to do. And this is what the roles are going to do and hit the ropes like this. And, you know, I was in that ring 24 seven, just getting myself ready for that, that week long tryout, just so I knew that I was number one. Were you nervous going in or did you, were you, did you feel prepared? I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous because I mean, I was with the best of the best. I was with people from all over the world. They scouted and, and top people in the independence that I grew up watching that I was like, wait, oh my God, is that, is that Sami Zayn? Like I'm being a fan. I'm like, I'm going to try it with Sarah Dole, right? like being like that like I couldn't believe who I was in a tryout with so I was looking around like the competition like wow I really have to stand out and really have to show them that I can be better than the people that have been working even longer than me 10 years longer than me 15 years longer than me and have traveled the world and have even more extensive uh even background than I have so I just really had to be like okay you know deep breath here we go that's it let's go yeah I feel like that also that happens in a lot of other sports like as a almost I mean you I would say you were a prodigy like you were a child a 10 year old being like I'm gonna be in the WWE and we're getting a tryout by the time you know in the next 10 years and so many girls who end up coming onto the national team or you know go and play in in a different like tennis those sorts of things they're looking around being like I'm about to play my idol or like I'm gonna practice with my idol somebody I've been looking up to and that was you yeah. in Tampa that week. It's so crazy. It's crazy. And it's, it's, it's weird now that like, you know, still to this day that I work in this company, I still get to work with so many people that I grew up watching. I'm like, wait, I think we might be friends now. Not only are my a fan, but we're, we're friends. This is totally, this is a cool life. Yeah. That's very cool. And very impressive. And on top of that, you try out biggest tryout of your life. They give you a contract and Sasha Banks is born. So where did that name come from? <laughs> the name came up really just randomly. Okay. They asked um, me to give like a group or just a long list of names. And I just always remember putting Sasha with a different last name and Banks with a different first name. And I remember um, just debuting at a house show for, for WWE and I needed a name. I couldn't just be Mercedes KV. Finally, Sarah Del Rey came into the room and she goes, you got a name. I go, oh my God, what is it? She goes, it's Sasha Banks. I'm like, Ooh, I love it. It sexually sounds really, really good. I text my mom. Hey mom, I got a WWE name. It's Sasha Banks. She ended up calling me and goes, that's a porn star name. Tell her to change it. I go, mom, I can't tell WWE to change the name. It was, (laughs) that's how my mom is. Well, has mom come around to the name since then? She has to come around to the name. She's like Mama Banks now. Oh, nice. I love that. (laughs) Um, so uh, this is what I'm very interested about is like, obviously you are Mercedes, but you are also Sasha Banks and you created this persona. Mm-hmm. So how much, you know, you start, you get the name, but then how much of the Sasha Banks that, you know, the fans see today was conceptualized all the way back then, like in the beginning? I have to say it has to be all of that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a huge growth because Sasha Banks is everything that I wanted to be in or what I needed when I was a kid. Mm, I love that. You know, I, I needed someone that was confident, who was fierce, who's a badass, who's sexy, who can stand up for herself, who won't take no for an answer. Like I needed who I am today as a kid. So I, I looked as at that. And I also looked at who my, my family was. My, my first cousin is Snoop Dogg. And I remember being around him when I was a kid and all the people around him calling him boss. I want that. I want people on my hands and feet and calling me boss. <laughs> Let me take that. You know, so I just always took little things that kind of influenced me. And 
I liked Floyd Mayweather because people hated him. I'm like, I wouldn't be a bad guy. So let me take a little bit of his cockiness and that glasses. Let me take a little bit of Kanye West. Let me take a little bit of Nicki Minaj. Let me change my hair and color my hair because that's what I wanted to do when I was a teenager. And my mom said, no, let me just be everything that I wanted to be fully in my heart as a kid. And now here I am today as not only Sasha Banks, but I am Mercedes Bernardo. And, and she is so much her that it's just not, it's not even a character. You're just saying my WWE name, you know? Yeah, it's just, sure. it's just, it is, but yeah, it is, it was, it is. It's just crazy that um, I just took my, my hero self being the character that I am now. So what I love about that is that WWE, I feel like in preparing for this interview, I called one of my good friends who is a huge WWE fan. Shout out Justine. She, she helped answer a lot of questions. And we talked about how WWE is huge for kids. Like kids love watching it. Obviously you loved watching it as a 10 year old. And I was like, I, that makes sense. Cause you basically, it's like watching superheroes in real life. And so that's very cool that you made who you are for WWE, which has now become who you are, what you wanted to see and be when you were a kid. It is. It's crazy. And like anybody can do that now. Anybody can go back and, and be that, that hero who they wanted to see as a kid. And then when you realize that all that past life trauma, all, all those past life thoughts kind of just disappear because you're like, whoa, I'm good because I am here now in my present exactly who I need to be. So it, it's a beautiful thing when you get to finally feel yourself and find yourself. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful for WWE to like help me become the woman that I am today. Totally. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think it's very, very cool hearing you say that. So what was the thing that surprised you the most about transitioning to NXT? Going to NXT from chaotic was so hard. I went from training two to three days a week to training five days out of the week and doing house shows on the weekend and only getting Sunday off. And my, my whole life was wrestling, but now I'm signed by a company that every single day has to be WWE, WWE, WWE. Yeah. You got to prepare yourself to, to make it to the main roster. Um, so it, it was so difficult and, and just really cutthroat too. being a woman. Um, when I first started, there was only a handful. I would have to say they, I started out with eight women, but it's cool to see now there's probably like 37 women in the company wow. down at NXT from all over the world, from all different backgrounds. So it's just the growth from what it was from 2012 to 2021 like night and day. Yeah. So, and when you first started with NXT, there were multiple rivalries between you and Charlotte Flair and Bailey, which kind of defined yeah. your first few years in WWE. So how do those storylines first come together? The first storyline came together with uh, Charlotte Flair, who is the daughter of Ric Flair, one of the most legendary Hall of Famers of all time. You know, everybody knows who Ric Flair is. Yeah. And this is his daughter. So I'm just like, wow. I, I just like, I'm just already so shocked and amazed just because of the name alone. And I just knew the legacy and the, and the bloodline that she just had to have. Mm -hmm. um, but that made for competition. I'm like, okay, you got a last name, honey, yeah. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to make one for myself. Yeah. Um, so that's where the real life competition came and just wanting to really have like the same goal of, of putting the real life competition to come to play to show the audience and the guys in the back and, and the company that hey, women can make noise just like the guys. And we want to be on pay-per-views just like guys. Oh, actually, we want a headline just like the guys. So um, I'm so thankful for, for women like Bailey and Charlotte and, and Becky and all the women that I got to train with because we all had the same initial goal of just wanting to make this division the best division that we possibly could. 
where you didn't have to make anything different from who was a superstar, who was a male and who was going to main event. We just wanted to be, you know, the top. That makes sense. And it's, uh, yeah, I feel like it was like, regardless of what status people were at, it was like, you guys were all trying to change the game together. We were trying to say, yeah. Yes. So when you first started out, did you realize that you'd be wrestling Charlotte and Bailey as much as you did, or did like those rivalries grow organically? Uh, it grew organically, but you do get to wrestle the same girls when you have such a small roster. True, so true. like, again, when point. you only have eight girls, <laughs> you're going to wrestle them every single weekend. So it came to a point that we're just like, we would look at the card, we were like, again, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, me and Bailey, I can't tell you how many, you know, matches that we've had that haven't been filmed on TV. We were the opening um, it's called a dark match. So just to warm up the crowd. And that's where I went. I went from warming up the crowd to main eventing. That's how my beginnings went to NXT. That's how I had to climb my way up to the top. Yep. I went to warming up the crowd and be like, hey guys, are you awake? You guys ready for the show? Here comes some good action. So, you know, prepare. This is what you're going to see in the future too. Just, uh, now I'm lost track. I'm like, this is so crazy. You're bringing me back to memory lane. Like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, every single TV and me and Bailey would go to the car and be like, we're wrestling again, well, again. And that would be for months on end until finally we were given a storyline and, and put on TV and finally had that program. But we're thankful for those dark matches because we got to work with each other and yeah. our chemistry were just so ready to click. That was good on TV as well. Yeah, so, cause in 2015, this was a very big year for you. You win the NXT Women's Championship and one of your fights with Bailey was voted the match of the year by the fans. So what made that specific match so exciting? Do you remember that match? Of course. Of course. My, okay. of course. <laughs> That's my number one match that I get asked about. It's the most talked about match um, really in the history of women's wrestling. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that match because that really changed the game um, of, of everything in the business. I really feel for women. Um, I remember that match so clearly because I, what was it two months before I got called up to the main roster so I finally made it to Monday Night Raw my dream since I was a 10 year old kid and I am the NXT women's champion so here we are at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn the first time that we're out of Florida the first time that NXT is in front of a large-scale audience just like the WWE we sold out the Barclays Center just like Monday Night did just like Smackdown did so we were so equal to the WWE brand, mm. just this little, little organization, like this little talent because of Sasha Banks, because of Bailey, because of Sami Zayn, Finn Balor. So I remember just wanting to, just leaving a lasting impression of what I wanted my name and legacy to be in NXT before I got caught up fully and, and dropped the title. Um, and I just really wanted to show them like, you know, first of all, we should have been the main event, number one. Hell yeah. And uh, second of all, I'm going to make sure you guys remember this match for the rest of your lives because I wanted that match to be the greatest women's match of all time. And it happened to be the greatest women's match of all time. That's awesome. Do you, so I'm, this is me being a novice is the way that you ascend through the ranks. Most of it, it must be based on like how much fans love you. Right. Because you got to have that engagement. And I mean, like I said, WWE fans are, avid fans so they are for you what do you think made you able to move up so quickly through the ranks because like again you you just kept going and moved very quickly through it I think number one has to be because of my work 
And then number two, the fans respecting and loving my work. Um, because they loved it so much, their engagement with me, you know, they were chanting, I want Sasha, you know, back when I first debuted on the main roster, like they let everybody yeah. know, they let WWE know what they want to see. So they, they're always behind me. They have my back no matter what. And if you look at my career and, and my championship links, it's, it doesn't match up to, to some of the women, but because of my, my match history, because of my first time ever and what I do in that ring, I think the fans respect my work and my craft so much that they, they just get behind me. And I'm just so thankful that I have their love and support. How good does it feel to have the fans and the crowd chanting your name? Like, I want, like, we want Sasha. That's so sick. <laughs> it feels so crazy because it's just like, one, I went from being a bad guy to the fans hating me and booing me to them changing their tune and being they want me and they love yeah. me. So it was, it's always so weird to see what reaction I'm going to get with them. But no matter what it is, all the energy that I do get, it's just so like, it's just something that you just need to have all the time. You just get so entranced into it. It makes me why I'm a wrestler. Yeah, know? for sure. You like feed off that energy. Do you, so one, I want to touch on this when you said like you were the bad guy and now you're fan favorite or, you know, one of the good guys. So good guys, bad guys, face heel. Yes. There you go. Okay. Is there one you like better? I like being the bad guy. Okay, all It's right. so much more fun and it's it's a lot easier to get fans to hate you than mm, to like you. Interesting. It's really hard to get people to like you because everybody wants to be the cool guy and everybody wants to see somebody kick their ass, you know? Nobody wants to see like, oh my God, I want the championship back. For some reason, just people don't like when good guys win. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's psychologically weird. I don't know. No, it makes sense. You kind of, you, <laughs> I get that. Do you, you want the bad guy to win? Well, you it's like, like no, it's not, it's not necessarily bad guy. It's more so it's kind of like rooting for the underdog, you know, a little bit. Maybe the, the baby face should be the underdog. Then if they're doing it good, oh, they should, then, then the fans will be behind them. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Do you, so you said, you know, you, you get energy from the crowd, regardless of if they're cheering for you or they're booing you. So you even it's kind of, and I'm kind of equating this to like when I'm playing away game, right? The crowd is booing you, hates you cheering for the other team. I feed off of that. Like I still yeah, you find do. energy in that because it's like, oh yeah, you don't like me. Like I'm going to go make you not like me even more, you know? Yeah. So do you feel <laughs> the same way? I do. And it's such a good feeling. Yeah. It's like, I, I love taking that away from people. I love making them angry. And I know that the fact that I did that with my energy or because of my performance, um, it just lets me know like my, my level of connection with them. Because a lot of times fans can change the, the wave of a match or the wave of a promo, they can take over. They are very, very in the know of like, let's take over guys, come on. But you gotta be ahead of yourself and you gotta have a, a voice and, and a base to let them know like, no, let me take you for this ride and let's see if I can make you like me or actually let me see if you you hate me. Uh, so it's such a cool ride and experience that we get to, to play with. Yeah, that is very interesting that you said that because in speaking with my friend, she was saying that even sometimes based on fan reaction during a match, decisions will be made. Okay, it's actually, we're going to like turn it this way. Does that, is that what happens? It can happen that way. It can definitely happen. And it, not only can it happen that way, it can happen because some people just forget to kick out. Interesting. Or people can get knocked out and, and, and things can happen. You never, that's the thing with WWE, you never know what's going to happen because it's live. Yeah. 
And that's the scary thing. And that's the fun thing about it too. Just like, all right, all hots are off. Let's go. Okay. Very interesting. Love that. That's so cool. I hope I get you to watch it. No, I am. I'm like, I am, (laughs) I am so invested. You have no idea. Um, I'm very excited to watch. Um, so back to kind of like your ascension, you were drafted to the raw brand in 2016. So can you first explain to the listeners raw in relation to WWE and just give the layout landscape of what that means so raw is our longest program within wwe it's been on television for over 25 years and smackdown is like our second brand which is on friday nights um raw is three hours long and smackdown is two hours so on raw you might get a little bit more time to have more time because it's a three-hour show but that's like our flagship show Mm. so raw was the show that you wanted to be on so i was really nervous going from smackdown to nxt to finally having just one brand and that being raw and because it was so different from SmackDown, I wanted to make sure my brand was was the talked about brand because I was on it. I mean, it was because it was in your first appearance for Raw, you win the WWE Women's Championship for the first time. I did, but it wasn't my first appearance. It was my first, you know, Raw Women's Championship. Championship, got it. Yes. Were you surprised that you won? I was so shocked. I remember going to the Staples Center. You see, when you go to, to TVs, you never know what you're going to do on the show. So like always, I would just go in, bring my bags to work, get my catering, go to the ring and see what the card was. And I saw um, that it was me versus Charlotte. And I remember Triple H pulling me aside. And I was like, you're winning the title tonight. And I was like, what? And he's like, in the main event, what? Just like that. And I was like, whoa, whoa what? Just like so yeah. in shock. You know, the main event in the Staples Center what a historic arena and a woman didn't get to main event for seven years prior to that. And that was the second time ever a woman got to main event, um, you know, a Monday night raw. So, and being in the ring with Charlotte Flair, who was one of my biggest wild bills in NXT and someone who I trained with and, and grew up with, it was such like the biggest dream come true for me to have that match and to have that win there. Yeah. That's incredible. As you're kind of climbing the ranks and putting your stamp on WWE, how are you personally measuring success in your career? Is it like, you know, your athletic skills in the ring, aiming for bigger and bigger fights, like headlining, like what were you focused on in those first couple of years? Those first couple of years was just having the respect and, and getting the same time as the men. You know, I didn't want a five minute segment. I wanted, you know, a two seg, which is like having, you know, an eight minute match and another eight minute match. Like one of the long segments, just like the guys, I just didn't want to be like high and buy on TV. I wanted to main event. I wanted to be headlines of, of pay-per-views. I wanted to do media. I wanted to be on the posters. So I just always had that goal set of just being the face of the company. So mm. the first two years, I was just going so hard, so hard that I never really took the time to be like, okay, breathe. You got to remember everything you just did, you know, prior to that. But that's the thing with ODB, everything's so fast. Um, you know, we do live events on the weekend, we do our, our television show, go back home, pack your bags and just do it again that you didn't really get to have time to even, you know, enjoy the win mm-hmm. of being a champion because you know, I had to go do media or I had to go do this or I had to go. Yeah. And that leads me into perfectly into my next question is what does your life look like as a WWE superstar? It just sounds, it sounds like craziness. It's, it's crazy. Um, so right now, 
is pretty easy. But we're going back on the road soon, which I'm so thankful. I've, I've missed the fans so much. I'm sure. Um, but prior to the whole pandemic, we were on the road five days out of the week. We would travel all over the world and do, you know, two weeks of, of, of tour in the Europe and weeks of tour and all over the different countries. And we're always in a different town every single night whether it was flying or driving, but I have to say that I love it. I love yeah. it because it's the, the experience and getting to meet so many different people from all over the world and, and just the experience alone of just going to different states and meeting different fans and feeling different energies and hearing different crowds and, and doing something that you love. It's so, so surreal that you can't even explain it. It's, yeah. it's such a, an energy thing to travel and to go to the gym and to, to work out hard and then to go wrestle. Yeah. And you got to go do all over again. It's such a, almost like a high victory that you're just like, what is my life? This is, this is crazy. I'm sure. You feel like a rock star. Total, I mean, you are a rock star. Are you kidding? Jeez. <laughs> um, I'm curious about injuries and just the, the physical risk that you put your body in being a professional wrestler how do you approach that in your mind like if I was you I would be nervous all the time but then I was like wait Kelly you do that on the soccer field like there's a chance that you could I mean knock on wood get injured at any yeah. moment but WWE is so it's such a physical sport and you guys are putting it all on the line night in and night out like how do you handle that on your body <sighs> taking care of it. Yeah. You have to take care of your body. You have to, um, whether it's with uh, meditation mm. or your mental mindset, ice baths, uh, cryotherapy, massage, the chiropractor, stretching, yoga, um, everything that I possibly can for my body to make it heal. Um, I can just because I don't want to be inflamed. I don't want to you know, be angry because I'm so compressed and, and tightened up. Because mm. when you do fly, when you do travel in a car for five hours I'm like this so I don't just get hurt from bumping in the ring I gotta travel all like this and yeah. you know hurt my back hurt my hips hurt my arms because I just don't want anybody touching as well as sitting next to you in the middle seat excuse me sir <laughs> but it's just a focus if you want to be the best you have to take care of yourself like the best your your body is your tool it's your instrument so um I, I have to make sure that I'll put in the work with it yeah I mean I feel you and you you do use all those recovery methods like that sounds exactly like my regimen yes I have to if I don't I know something's off I always want to feel the best when I'm in that ring because like you said I can end my my life in there anything can happen I can you know break my arm break a leg um and or never have a career and I, I'm thankful because of what the training that I've done, because of the recovery, I want to make sure every time I go out there, I'm, I'm walking right back out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious, you, you, you brought up meditation as a recovery tool. And um, in 2019, you took a four-month hiatus from WWE. Um, and you were very honest at the time, saying that it was because you were depressed and that you felt like you'd lost yourself. So, And even talking to you today, like, I can tell that Mercedes and Sasha are like one in the same, but you know, you, you had this incredible quote that said you hadn't heard Mercedes, your real name in a very long time. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Like I can't imagine cause you do, you have like, it's you're one in the same, but then part of it is like Sasha is bigger than life personality. Right. Yeah. But then you have even said, you know, you don't love being in front of cameras. Like you probably don't love maybe doing media, but you have to, and it's part of it. So what made you realize you needed to take a step back and take care of yourself and take care of Mercedes and in, in turn was taking care of 
Sasha? It was from everything, yeah. from that grueling schedule and, and never um, getting to take in those wins and understanding my victories and, you know, taking my losses really, really hard and just being a baby. I, I started wrestling when I was 18, got signed when I was 20, straight on the road when I was 23 and, and just had that nonstop career of being Sasha Banks right when I was 20 years old yeah. and having my hair color change and not seeing my real hair for so long and just losing kind of like myself. And yeah. I lost my name. Um, not even my mom called me Mercedes. My friends didn't call me Mercedes. They called me either the boss or Sasha Banks. So wow. um, when I was at home, I was really lost and confused. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I just was not happy. This little girl who was so obsessed with wanting to be a WWE superstar, but like, you know, her dream was like coming to an end and it wasn't everything that I ever dreamt of as a, a kid anymore. So um, I didn't want to hate something that I loved my whole life. Uh, so I told myself that I need to take a break and, and, and walk away from it to find myself and uh, to find out who Mercedes was. Because at that point, all I knew was Sasha Banks. Yeah, makes sense. So what did bring you back around? Like what got you, you were like, all right, I'm ready to get back into it. <sighs> My always love. I was about to say, yeah. Um, it was just that that urge that I missed it so much. Um, and just, I was thankful for the time off. You know, I got to take my wig off and, and see my beautiful brown curly hair. I was like, oh, okay. I remember that Mercedes. Wow. Your hair is actually really beautiful. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You have hair. Thank <laughs> God. Um, okay. You remember your name. That's good. You can do this. And I was just, I wanted to know who I was without WWE. Mm. I wanted to know if I even liked anything else than wrestling. I wanted just to have a hobby because anytime I talk to somebody, it's like, what do you like? I'm like, well, one thing. Actually, I don't want to talk about it all the time because that's just my life 24 seven. Yeah. I found things that I had a, you know, an interest in. Mm -hmm. I liked other things and I, I went to therapy and I, I found meditation and I went to the beach and I was just like, okay, there's life or there's more to things. And, oh, I can still love wrestling too. Great. Yeah. Oh, and I can still, oh, okay. Life is, is everything I want it to be because I can create my own reality to it. For sure. I think that's so important. And I feel like whether you're Sasha Banks or you're um, not Sasha Banks, like being able to love you and who you are and knowing that, okay. And I think as athletes, it happens to a lot of us. We become like, we're defined by our athletic careers, who we are on the field, right. the pitch in the ring. And we're not sure if we really, I think a lot of people struggle with like, do I like myself outside of that? So it's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful you were able to realize you needed to take a step back. And, and then you, you did still like the person that was you know, <laughs> underneath the wig and that happens a lot. And it, and, and something it's people, a lot of athletes don't talk about, or like, don't feel confident enough to say they need some time. So props to you for being able to realize you needed it. And I'm glad that you got what you needed. And after 2019, this year, come back at WrestleMania 37, you face off against Bianca Belair. Yeah. It was the first time in WWE history that two black superstars face each other in the main event of the show, not just black women, but black wrestlers, period. Like to put in perspective to listeners, WrestleMania is wrestling Super Bowl. And yeah, yeah it's the biggest stage for the sport. So when you first learned that that was going to be the matchup, was it like a pinch me moment? It was... Uh, that whole month was such um, an anxiety thing for me because really we had no idea who was going to main event WrestleMania. And um, that year before I was telling my best friend, Bailey, 
I'm like, I'm going to main event WrestleMania 37. Um, and it was always my dream to main event a WrestleMania. So I was just putting it out there in the universe and, and really striving and working towards it. I love that. So the month before WrestleMania, I really thought, you know, I heard rumblings that I was going to be the guys. And I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can How can I, I change this? How can I change this? <laughs> All I can do is be me and just keep on doing my work as best as I can and show Vince that, um, you know, if I'm not the main event, then I don't know what main event you're going to have because this is you're it. looking at yeah. it. So it was legit. The Wednesday before WrestleMania, I found out that we were the main event. And um, I was, again, so nervous because I was asking them, like, did you get the card? Did anybody tell you blah, blah, blah? And they're like, you're not the main event. And I go, no one told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I still have time. Yeah. I haven't said anything. Um, you know, I'm going to go to rehearsals. And if I find out, all I can do is maybe ask Vince and, and that's all I can do. Um, I went to rehearsals and TJ Wilson, who was a producer in WWE, he told me that I was the main event and I just instantly started crying and I was just like, wow, no That's incredible. way. Like I knew it. Yeah. It's something that I wanted just to finally hear the words that we were the main event. It was uh, so overwhelming. Like I'm, it's bringing me back tears. <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy yeah. just because that was, it's the biggest thing that you can ever do in wrestling. Yeah. Um, and my heroes haven't even got to do what I've done. So not only that and, and just being a woman and being African-American women, it's just, we're checking off so many things just in one box. But um, the biggest thing that I got to check off was just my biggest dream in my heart, you know, fully accomplishing that last check mark on my list of, of everything that I had written down since I was a kid. Um, you know, that was just last month and I'm still just like, thankful like I'm on vacation right now still soaking that in yeah riding high I'm just I'm so thankful and I'm I'm just like ready for what's next yeah I mean that's incredible and so cool to hear you say like you manifested that you were like I want to be I wanted it so bad yeah and you put it out in the universe and you got it and from 10 years old to now and you've you just said you've got to check off everything you've ever wanted everything out of the sport which is not a lot of people can say in their athletic careers, which is like so cool. And on top of it, you did so many things that no one else had done before you, like that you are a true boss. You are the boss, groundbreaker, like incredible. So um, that's, yeah, that's really, that's amazing. It's so cool. Thank you. So we have a couple repeat questions that we do okay. at the end. So the JWS podcast is presented by Heineken and celebrates women in sports at the top of their game, where each athlete is unique and successful and has a story to tell. So Sasha Banks, who's been the one person in your life that's had the biggest impact on your career and why? Just one? Oh my God. <laughs> well, everybody who's a fan of Sasha Banks knows it's um, Eddie Guerrero. Okay. If it wasn't for him, I would not be in the WWE. I wouldn't have um, the dreams that I've had um, and then the chase that I had. If it wasn't for him, he was just someone that really inspired me to be, you know, everything that I am now. Cheers to Eddie. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Second question. They say, work hard, get lucky. How much of your success is predicated on luck? Maybe 1%. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe 1%. I think you're the first person to say 1%, but I love it. Okay, give me, tell me why. Why not? Yeah. Um, because sometimes you need luck on your side to get people to even notice mm. you, to even change their mindset, to have a second thought. Um, people can have some kind of perception on you and, and, and just walk by and be like, wait, what? Ding dong, my head, whoa. That could be luck. 
you know, anything can happen for people's mindsets can change and someone's opinion can can change the whole world and, and, and a view of, you know, how they view somebody. So I definitely think luck has been on my side a lot of times, um, just having eyes on me and the right opportunity um, in my play. So yes, I would say luck is on my side all the time. All right. 1% luck, 99% hard work, and you have grinded, I mean, since you were 10 years old, which is incredible. <laughs> I'll give you that. Thank you. So last question. You've accomplished so much already. We just touched on the fact that you have sat here and checked off everything you've ever wanted to accomplish in pro wrestling. Where do you go next and how do you keep pushing? Where do I go next in wrestling? In anything, in just in life. I mean, it can you can define this question. <sighs> All you. I mean, there's so many things that I want to do. All right. And sometimes I just get overwhelmed with myself. I'm like, can I do it all? Can I be it all? And I, I think I got time. So yeah, there's so much. I don't even know if I can, if I want to say it all because I just, I want people to see it. But Fair enough. as people already seen, I'm in the Mandalorian or I was on the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. so I like acting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get my album out there someday. So a, a rapper. Nice. I'm pretty cute. So a model, okay. um, a producer, a holistic doctor. You know, there's so many things that I want to do. A farmer. Oh, I love it. There's so much. That's incredible. That is probably the best answer I've got from that question. <laughs> I freaking love it. Well, Sasha Banks, Mercedes, this was amazing. I cannot wait to watch you and follow you and Hi. cheer you on, even if you are a baddie um, and you are just an absolute boss, groundbreaker. Thank you for the time today. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. I want to play. Yeah, come on. You. Come you teach me some, come get my you teach me some things, a little, you know, a little check here, check there. I'll teach you how to kick the ball. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Perfect. Oh man. For all our listeners out there, you can catch Sasha Banks on SmackDown every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. So make sure you go watch and cheer her on regardless of if she's good or bad. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to justwomensports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Big thanks to our presenting sponsor, Heineken. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports Podcast. Catch you next time.